Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 94 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Allie. Hello, I'm Leif Erikson. <laughs> Dad the Viking joke, even though I don't know if he was actually a Viking. Yeah, this he is was. probably very offensive to someone, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Vera? Uh, not a Viking, but uh, enjoy me some Norse history, uh, for sure. And Tristan. Vera, I will plug in your headphones. Dan, I will make your life easier. Tristan, I will be hype. Vera, I will plug in your headphones. Dan, I will make your life easier. Tristan will be hype. Vera, I will plug in your headphones. Wow, nothing for Allie, me. Allie, I will right? avenge you. Nothing for me then. I guess I'm fucking chopped liver here. Damn. I think I think Tris just won the episode. Holy shit. Am I Bjork in this in the burnt out house? I think you, in this? I think you are. I, I wish to become Bjork with conch shells for eyes or whatever those were. Goddamn. That's a yeah. look. Hot new summer look brought to you by Bjork. I mean, gosh, let's let's all let's all cleave to Bjork Bjork's hotness musically. I gotta say, I really think uh Hermit is going to be the look for the summer. Oh yeah, I mean, you just you can't not stay cool when you're dressed. Oh, I'm like sorry, that. I'm sorry, I, I I've mispronounced it. It's Hermet. 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 In the summer. We've taken our we've we've taken inspiration from the oracles and lunatics and soothsayers of old and have brought it in to the modern era. I call <laughs> my new collection Hermet. Hermet. The smell <laughs> is important. Make sure you get the proper perfumes to go with it. Uh, this one is whale vomit. <laughs> I mean, why buy perfumes when you can just go roll around in some dirt and whale vomit? I mean, come on. Oh, natural, baby. The stink is in. In case you couldn't tell, we're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Stardust Crusaders <laughs> Part 2. This is no, not a JoJo's episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean, kidding. We're talking honestly, about the North. And... When there's that whole sorry, just jumping in real quick, where there's that whole bit where um Oh my god, uh what was the shitty uncle's name again? Uh Fjolnir? Fjolnir, when he's like, Oh my god, who could be doing this? I kind of half expected him to say, Is this the work of an enemy stand? This must be the work <laughs> of an enemy stand. But they uh... could be anyone. Gosh. Uh, we're talking about the Northmen. <laughs> the latest movie from Robert Eggers. Um, written by him and um, a longtime writing partner of Bjork's named Sean. I hope I got that right. Yeah, but um, that, that checks. <laughs> and starring a bunch of people Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor Joy, Nicole Kidman, and Bjork. Willem Dafoe! Yeah! And Willem Dafoe. We should, we should totally do. Uh... Spider-Man No Way Home after this because between this Lighthouse and Spider-Man we just that'll be the William Defoe trifecta. <laughs> uh I have not seen this movie. Um the rest of y'all have. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to facilitate today and stay out of the way. I First of all, I guess uh just quickly like what do we do here? Well, we see something or play something and as is the namesake of the spoiler cast, we're going to talk about it in depth. So spoilers will follow. Uh, I think we're going to get to the the movie pretty soon this episode. But 
how are y'all doing? It's been it's been a hot minute. It has, has been, been a, hot a minute. while. I want to make sure all of you at home know that we are still alive. We are all still fine. We've had some hiccups. COVID has thrown our recording schedule into disarray more than once. <laughs> but we are all healthy. We are all super committed to bringing you the content you know and love. The bullshit you can't live without. And we've got a whole bunch of really good casts lined up that we're going to start recording soon. Yeah, it's we've there's a lot of excellent movies that have uh, come out recently. Uh, and yeah, I think we're really going to be yep. sinking our teeth, sinking our teeth into them pretty hard. Uh, I, don't, I don't even want to say what they are because I don't want to jinx us. So right. exactly. Uh, we have Just some, stay tuned. Some radical ideas for yeah. episodes. Yep. And there's and there's also an episode that we have needed to get to for a very long time, but we will get to it. Uh, in other yes. news, I have finally joined the gaming elite and have a PlayStation 5. Hooray! I nice. had to do some things I'm not entirely proud of to get it. Oh. <laughs> Tristan, namely, that's, re- Tristan, namely that's giving real money work. to GameStop. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's actually pretty bad. What the hell, man? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Even though you are naughty, I still love you. I'm actually, I'm actually very. So we we have to move. We have to move apartments. So oh, I'm sorry. In in August, but um, the the reason I'm bringing this up, Tristan, is that we are doing a really good job. My partner and I of house cleaning. And donating lots of things. And and you I found think, a spare PS5 in your house. That's exactly right. It was just buried in one of my <laughs> closets. I didn't even realize it. No. Um, uh, but all that is to say, I, I, I think I'm going to donate almost all of my video games. Oh, wow. My, phys- my physical games. Oh, wow. Um, because I play most things on the PC now or have versions of a lot of the games I own more recently and the old games, I either don't have the consoles anymore or I'm never going to play them. So I am. Oh, that makes sense. So what you should definitely do though, is look at some of your old games and see what value they have. Yeah. Do yeah. you have like a spare copy of rule of Rose just hanging around that goes for like almost a thousand dollars now? Yeah. Is not. I, I'm not I, joking. I wish I did. The only the only game I have, which is kind of weird, but they probably made enough of that it's does that's irrelevant, and it came out near the end of the PS2 lifecycle. Is I have Rogue Galaxy, which yeah. is this weird RPG that um, was made by Level Five after Dragon Quest Eight. Weird. And that might be worth something because it's so obscure, but kind of like Rule of Rose, but. Yeah, I recently just recently discovered. Honestly, I've forgotten which one it is, but uh, like one of the like PS2 games I still have is like worth like three hundred bucks. <laughs> nice. What the fuck? And I'm just like, what? That was like I think I sold. I think the most I ever made was like I think I sold Guitar Room Man <sighs> at, the, at the time for like eighty bucks or something like that. Oh but... yeah, yeah, I, I remember now. It's my copy of uh, Wild Arms Ultra Code F. Ah, uh, okay. Because I have I have both discs and it's in great shape. But I'm talking about getting rid of stuff like my Super Nintendo and and things like that too. Just things that are 
They only turn on every now and then to see if they still work. Mm. They do. But. Again, see what see what those are worth. Yeah. Anyway, Work, old working consoles in good shape are actually worth more than you might think. Not at GameStop though. They'll Not give you GameStop, like though. two pennies. Yeah. Do something yeah, I... like Starland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's actually a local shop um, in Austin that I'm probably gonna nice. work with for some to, to some degree. Um, but Tristan, how are you liking the PS5? So, so some stuff is really pretty. Um, I really love the fast load times. Yeah, it makes a big difference on a lot of things. Yep. Um, I'm waiting to see. So PlayStation is updating PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and adding a whole bunch of other stuff to it. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm waiting to see what's going to be new in that. Yep. Um, played. I played all the way through the newest Ratchet and Clank. The game is great. Um, I've been replaying Devil May Cry Five because oh my god, 60 FPS on that game is just glorious. Yeah, once once your stuff's running at sixty FPS, it's hard to it's, it's hard so to go smooth. back. Yeah, smooth, smooth like butter, butter, yeah, like goat butter. What the fuck is goat butter? Like it's butter goat made from butter. goat milk, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but this is better. disturbing me. That you don't know about delicious goat butter. Oh dear! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, no, no. You see that Rob Stein has a do, new music video. <laughs> you have to get the goat ghee. <laughs> Barry, you you what what are you up to? You talk, you were just talking about a music video for Rammstein. Yeah, no, no. There's a music video from Rammstein called uh, "Dick Titten," which is uh, their ode to big boobs. Oh, wonderful. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's it's it is what it is. <laughs> Those but, glorious angry German men. <laughs> This is actually kind of festive. Bless uh, you, Momstein. <laughs> don't ever, don't ever change. Uh, agreed. Um, I I might try to hawk out hawk out money to see them live when they tour this year. Um, speaking of which, uh, this is like the year where like everyone's just like it's time fucking tour, and uh, like there's an embarrassment of riches. Like so far this year, uh, I saw the uh, dragon fo- the. Uh, uh, a Dragon Force show, which also had Firewind, which was who were amazing. Um, I I got I got to see, I, I got to see Ben Folds, which I'm not a Ben Folds person, but my partner is, and uh, that was a that was in Northampton. We had a great time. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it was I like fe- Ben Folds. Yeah, yeah, it was just him him and his piano, and it was great. Um, just like a really and no opener either. It's just like it's it's Ben Folds time. And then uh, he, gave, he gave the people he gave the people what they want, um, which was uh, was pretty great. It was in the Calvin, so like you know, acoustics oh, lovely, yeah. all that all that other uh, beautiful beautiful good stuff. And uh, yeah, also got to see Rise Against uh, again in the um, at the at the Palladium too. So it was just like great shows, and great shows are coming up. I mean. Uh, the partner's gonna go see my chem. Uh, I've we've got Iron Maiden tickets on deck. Uh, I'm gonna go see, uh, go well b- probably with you, uh, Ghost and uh, 
Mastodon. Uh, Mastodon, which is going to be an amazing show in Providence. So it's just like, it's cool to see just like the people like, okay, um, we feel reasonably safe enough um, to go out and make this and uh, do live music. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, work at the papers going well. The union's going, it's going well. It's uh things are, things are in good shape. And I'm about to take a sweet five day weekend for the sweet price of uh, one vacation day because uh, hell yeah hell yeah yeah Memorial Day and shifting schedule it's gonna be great chill in New Hampshire very good time heck yeah yeah so yeah things are good Allie what about you what have you been Uh, up to things are good I've gotten really back into sewing again hell yeah for some reason and it's night not nothing crazy mostly just like embroidering cross stitch I can't sew for like shit. But um, actually, Barry, you're we. Blah, 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 wow, I can't talk. Um, we are finally going to go see. Uh, they might be giants play. Yeah. After, oh wow. Uh, the concert got canceled like four times because of COVID. So I'm very very excited. They That's honestly awesome. play. They have played one of the best shows, if not the best show I've ever been to in my life. And not only is it that they might be Giants concert, but it's a uh, flood tour. So, um, for those who don't know, it's like the al- their album Flood, which is probably like their best album of there, all yeah. time, in my opinion. Yeah. Whoa, nice! Well, so I'm really I'm excited. For super that for fucking you. excited, yeah. and that's happening in like less than 20 days i think holy Something shit crazy like that actually awesome. really soon actually like in 15 days oh my gosh wow yeah nice. i'm so excited <laughs> i'm going on a trip with some friends to um la i've never been to la oh fun, Ooh, fun. That's at the end of at the end of june so i'm really excited for that and it'll be a good time that's fantastic and I will be getting boosted before that. <laughs> yes. yes, good. Wait, can you get the full? Can, can you get the? Uh, can, are you eligible for the fourth booster now? It's it's going to be cutting it really close, but I should be. Yeah, right, right. around before then. Yep. Yeah. Wait, wait. So they're opening it up to? I thought the fourth booster was only for like the old and the and the compromised. Or are they are they going to open up to everyone now? Uh, I think it's. I I thought it was six months. Was what you could do but I'll, oh. I'll look more into i haven't looked into it super in depth to be to be are fair you, wait is so. this your first booster or are you no, getting a no. second booster Se- second oh interesting yeah no i was under the impression you had to be in like a certain like category to be eligible for it but if you can get it that's fucking awesome yeah no uh, i will certainly get it because i got the my mild case of covid still sucked and i don't want to get it again <laughs> yeah i will say dan be careful uh my partner got the fourth booster and from what other people have said it will fucking really knock you out mm-hmm. he Got had it. like full like a almost a full day of symptoms oh shit Got it. so be careful mm-hmm. appreciate it appreciate the heads up yeah get your fucking covid vaccine <laughs> amen to that no it, do wait, it. it do it you wimps it all uh, uh, to be perfectly honest i'm so grateful for vaccination because like if i had it with the mild case um i don't think it would have been mild if i hadn't been twice vaccinated yep. and boosted like, yeah the three shots of dolly Parton made it very duo <laughs> the three shots of dolly Parton, i love it she developed moderna man she's in my body i'm a part Ooh. of her and she's a part of me now 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that got a little weird. I'm sorry, Dolly. I mean, Dolly is, like, basically my god, so, you know, <laughs> I can have a little bit of my god in me. There you go. The spirit moves within me. The spirit of Dolly. Okay, do you all want to go to Dollywood sometime? <gasps> yes. That sounds like a fun I time. I cry and scream. <laughs> Uh, the literal best human. Um, I was gonna say I think I've been to Dollywood, but I don't think I. I think I just went to the Grand, the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, different. Is that near near that? No, uh, I think I the know. Grand Ole Opry is in Nashville. I believe Dollywood yeah. is in like a random Appalachian part of Tennessee where Dolly Parton grew up. Uh, okay, then I definitely have not been there. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to do the thing. I think we yeah, want to. Yeah, let us do the thing, yeah. Talking about the film in ya. Uh, so, The Northman. Uh, I didn't see it, but I want to see it, but I'll, and I'll see it soon. But I'm going to facilitate. So, who wants to talk a little bit about what The Northman's all about and okay. Okay. what your thoughts are? So, it's a darker, grittier Hamlet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Episode's yeah. over. I'm, I'm, I'll cue the music. Podcast over. We're done. Thank you, everybody. All right. Hey, the end. If we did well, under twenty minute episodes, we could do like all those podcasts we're planning on, like tonight. Yeah, but psych, that's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, what I to build off of that though, what's interesting is is that like you know Hamlet. One of the reasons why it was so revolutionary was like the original was is that it definitely it added. It added some uh, some some ambiguity and uh, like basically torsion, if you will, over whether or not the protagonist Hamlet seeking revenge, which is not the case with the original source materials that um, uh, the Shakespeare was drawing from. Like this whole the Hamlet's whole being torn with indecision about whether or not he is going to seek revenge and such um, was Shakespeare adapting and. Uh, doing his own magical Shakespeare thing to a narrative that was far more straightforward. It's revenge time. And what's interesting about this is, is that on the one hand, yes, it it goes up into a straight on it's revenge time thing, but one in a very Robert Eggers way, it also definitely puts in the examination of like, okay, um, what's the purpose of this? And is it actually a good thing that this person is seeking revenge and uh, spoilers, but one of the fascinating things about this movie is, is that regardless of, of whether or not the revenge seeking is good, you pretty quickly see that uh, our Prince Amleth is not a good person by the standards of our time. But then again, no one is. And that's one of the coolest things to me about seeing any kind of Robert Eggers film, but especially this and the witch is, is that it's judges and the characters act within the context of their own morality and sense of the uh, psychic, spiritual, religious uh, expanse as opposed to our own, which mm-hmm. makes for some really compelling, but also really alien filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, I've talked a bit too much, but uh, what are what are other people's thoughts? Uh, Feel free to riff or do your own thing. Can, can we also appreciate that Amleth is just Hamlet with the H put at the end? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the original thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so apparent and apparently, it's it, this is based on the legend of Amleth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
which is the which was the inspiration of Hamlet. Yes. Yes. So it's like a big circle. Yeah. 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 Come full circle. Um. Cool. Yeah. You know, he seems. It seems to be Robert Eggers. It really seems like folklore is his is his thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm I'm here for it. Anyway, can carry on. (laughs) Oh no, it's very much true. It's like this is this is someone who loves history and loves um just trying to have stories where which are very much set in that time and informed by what we know about those time periods uh ali i'm curious to get your thoughts oh god where did fucking start well like i'm with you on this one vera you had mentioned in our group chat a three out of three for me on Eggers films. I don't think it's my favorite of his. My favorite is definitely still The Lighthouse, but seeing what he can do with a huge cast of amazing people and so much friggin' money is astounding. I loved, I absolutely loved that he just went whole hog into the whole, like, psychedelic aspect of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Because that's, like, such a key thing with lots of these kinds of myths and legends is there's so much like ambiguity over what is real and what isn't real especially when you're like when I mean, you're talking about a story like Amleth or anything like this where it's like well did this happen who knows it's a folktale and then like adding that sense of ambiguity to the folktale itself is really freaking cool yeah yeah no i i thousand percent i thousand percent agree on that one uh it's interesting you say that lighthouse is your favorite um mine is still the witch um uh, for me, that's still just like the pitch perfect version of his stuff. But again, three out of three, the guy does hasn't fucking missed. And this was a really cool example of a what he can do with a big budget, and b I'm very curious if there is like a Eggers cut at some point that we could like get on Criterion Collection, oh which is even God, fucking longer yes. and trippier. So I really hope that somewhere there is a cut of this movie with a metal soundtrack. <laughs> which like i i want to see the heavy metal cut of, that would be of the northmen interesting but i <laughs> would change the tone completely yeah that's the thing is i really love like the the tone that the score sets for the film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i it just adds more to that weird psychedelic like i want to say primal animalistic sense that a lot of the movie has to it and it's nice too because in there's in like moments of tenderness like when um you know i feel really bad i should have brushed up on character names but main guy and main lady are like on the run and they're in the hot spring and then there's just that pan of like the waterfall in the background mm-hmm. I, I don't know it just has such a nice contrast of like beauty oh. amidst all the ugliness oh this movie uses contrast so well i love it yeah. Like like not only in terms of like lighting and uh cuz this, this movie uses lighting contrast also super well. But like like that the cut they do from when our boy Amleth is with the berserkers and they're getting hyped up and then it just cuts to a field and it's quiet. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they come in, and you're like, oh, 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 okay. God, that scene, I was talking with somebody about, after, right after we'd seen it, about how Eggers, as a director, is really good at showing 
violence without it being gratuitous. Like, mm-hmm. it, and there is some stuff in this film that definitely feels like a little much for like your average like person who's like not used to lots of gore. But like, okay, so I we should probably put a content warning for this bit right here. Oh yeah, future Dan. Um, <laughs> but like. I feel like so many times when you have stories about, like, Vikings and pillagers and raiders, like, the big thing that always comes up is, like, oh, and they, like, you know, they were awful and they raped lots of women and it was terrible and murdered babies. And it's, like, he didn't have to show that stuff to say this happened and it's bad. Like, I think the worst that we get of that is that bit where they take all the children and lock them inside the burning building. That fucking horrified me. Yeah. But, like... Like, we see women screaming and being dragged up, but we don't have, like, a Game of Thrones style of, like, oh, and here's a rape in the background. Right. They were pretty good at not making things... They were good at at getting across the horrifying nature of it and also the fact that there very much was a sexual violence element to this culture that's pretty yes. heavy without yes. making it titillating. And I thought Thank that you. that was important. Like... For yeah. instance, from the very first scene where you see Ethan Hawke riding in and, you know, come out, like, you see the captives they bring back and they're all women slaves. Like, you don't have to, like, you know, just, like, you don't have to yeah. see we, them being, uh, being like, raped or brutalized or taken advantage of to know that that's a very high likelihood for uh, their future or what their recent past. And mm-hmm. similarly, though, you didn't have to see the children actually dying to like know when there's a build when they are being thrown in this thing and this building burning is building is burning that like yeah um this is a culture that will kill kids mm-hmm. or at least this particular group of uh berserkers will brutally and uh our main character is okay with this so yeah, yeah not not a good guy by by your by modern hero standards but certainly someone who is like behaving within the context of his own culture, which is a slave-holding, yeah. human-sacrificing, raiding culture. Which Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like he does such a good job of, like, not making it titillating, not make it... Like, it doesn't feel like he's making an excuse for it either. Yeah. Like, not like a, well, they did it, so it's fine, kind of thing, or like, well, the good guy did it, so it's bad that, like, good that the bad... I, I don't... I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, to me, I didn't watch this going, oh, he's endorsing this or saying it's okay that they did this. Like, right. it is a fact that they did these things, but that's not me something, it's not something we should admire about them. It, he does it without glorifying it. And yes. at the same Thank time, you. he's able to, you know, you're still also able to appreciate that, wow, it's really fucking amazing to, like, see someone, like, catch a spear and then throw it back. And just, like, you know, seeing Alexander Skarsgård, who's a fucking specimen. Um, just go fucking, you know, freaking ham violence crazy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that was, yes, it's just like, you know, I think it in many ways is kind of responsible and also sobering to see, yeah, cool battle stuff also means that kids are going to die and women are going to be taken advantage of um, in pretty much every context. And being able to, to show one and the other at the same time is, it kind of puts to a decent balance, which um, I thought was pretty cool then also with, the use of Anya Taylor-Joy's character and her arc through the movie because that's very much seeing how someone who's a victim of that violence then moves through the world. And I just love the different ambiguities around her character. Mm -hmm. Nice. And 
how were the performances overall? It looks, I mean, it seems like a pretty stacked cast. Seems like Robert Eggers is starting to gather that <laughs> that director collection mm-hmm. of the, the John of, Carpenter um, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the people I really like to work with, <laughs> so we're going to keep working together. Uh, like, like I saw, I saw um, uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, which is a Sam Raimi flick, and so of course. Bruce Campbell makes an appearance. Yeah. You know? Um, How's Bjork? Fucking phenomenal. Oh, God. God, she's so fucking good. <laughs> she's, I need she's her to be so in weird movies. and creepy and awesome. <laughs> like, okay, you know what it made me think of actually a lot? Her scene is a lot of the weird, spooky shit that you'll get in something like Hellblade. Mm-hmm. Like... Like, I know that a lot of Hellblade is about, like, Senua dealing, like, being attacked by Vikings, but, like, seeing that sort of, like, similar thing of, like, this dark folklore image, I just, God, I, brain, I just need to see Bjork in more movies being weird as fuck, honestly. Like, she's, there's something I realized, which I love the way she talks, she just has this, like, and it's something that she has in her singing voice, too, but she has this really strange, ethereal way of speaking mm-hmm. that, like, I've never really heard any other performer sing like that. And it's even in her speaking voice. Like, it's so soft, but when she really enunciates and kind of goes for, like, almost, like, the verbal, like, kill in the way she speaks, like, when she speaks, it's so pointed, but not screaming if that makes sense no there's an intensity to it that's really hard to describe and she never has to be like like bombastic about it if that makes sense it it does i think only because i've listened to enough of her music (laughs) (laughs) if you know you know (laughs) i don't think it would make sense otherwise i guess just because it's so specific to bjork but I, I agree with you. Um, and I, I'm excited about that. And then quick, quick, quick aside. I was watching Zoolander the other day. Nice. <laughs> Ashley had never seen it. What? No. no. And so we were, we were, we were watching it and um, we're watching the scene where he is uh, talking to his, like the male models that he lives with in his little apartment thing. <laughs> and I, she goes, isn't that Alexander Skarsgård? And sure enough, holy yep. shit! One of the one of the one of the like the male models who, well, spoilers for a really old movie. One of the male models who dies in the in the free tragic gasoline gasoline, fight. free gasoline fight accident uh, is Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> I wow! I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that now. That's freaking amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> anyway yeah. but he was he was he was good i take it yeah God, he's i mean everybody in this is yeah. just friggin fantastic everyone's yeah. great uh I, I william william defoe is was a standout um you only see him a few times but one of the key things about this is very much about the norse religion and mm-hmm. the different rituals that people do um in terms of like tripping out and potentially, you know, you know, by some interpretations, actually like you know, connecting with the divine, and he's both the fool, the Yorick of this, and also 
like the king uh, Amla's father's like like priest of priest of Odin. Mm-hmm. And so uh yeah and so it's just like you you see him and he is just like he just does a phenomenal phenomenal job he owns it so hard yeah oh he's gotten uh, really good at playing quote-unquote crazy yeah i mean the guy is like new york alternative theater through and through he ran the same circles as my parents did when they were in that scene in the 80s man's a legend for a reason yeah yeah And and no, uh, yeah, this whole thing is just completely steeped in uh, Norse mythology and um, especially the idea of fate. The Norns are brought up several times. Mm. And so there's also, again, we're talking about contrast and ambiguity here. Uh, there's also a big point of how much of this is actually destined to happen and how much influence does the divine actually have Mm -hmm. because like when he goes to get the sword um and he fights the undead he fights the draugr and then he snaps out of it and it's just a uh, it's just a corpse sitting on sitting on a chair but then later we see someone try to draw the sword someone else and they can't because it's daytime Yeah, I just, again, there's this so much weird ambiguity of, like, what is and isn't real that just, I feel like, I feel remiss that we haven't brought up the word mysticism yet. Yeah. There's a that's... whole mysticism to this film that's just absolutely stunning. I think the, that's the word we were all looking for. The vault, uh, the, um, the scene where the, uh, the horse goes over the, wa- the Valkyrie goes over the waterfall, which I believe <sighs> is the water, which... I would assume they shot that at the Waterfall of the Gods, which this is this big waterfall in Iceland, which according to legend, um, the pagan priests, uh, they, there was a, you know, a, a thing where they had a big discussion in Iceland about whether to be pagan or Christian. And I believe the pagans won the argument, but then in order to stop the strife or the potential of the strife, the, the head priest then decided to say, okay, no, we're just going to be Christian. And he tossed the gods into the waterfall. Anyways, I don't know sure if it's that or that, but it certainly evoked that in my mind. Like, there is this freaking gorgeous, like, horse being ridden by a gorgeous Valkyrie mystic woman. And she, she goes over the waterfall and then goes up. And then, like, the gates of Valhalla are opening and she's screaming. It's like, ah! And then, yeah, you um, you come back to Earth and uh, Alexander Skarsgård is alive and there's a naked Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> that scene is like probably the one I've been thinking about the most, honestly, in terms mm. of visuals. Mm-hmm. It just like I don't. There's I think there's something really interesting to be said about like the role that like women in like womanhood, and I, and I mean that in like the you know the unfortunately like cisgender way of like talking about womanhood. So you know. Mm-hmm. There's that sort of a thing, but like this really cool thing of like you have the contrast between the Northmen, like the Vikings and their religion, and then Anya Taylor Joy's character, who's from I get they said the land of the Rus, which I'm assuming yeah. means like old Russia. Yes, yes, she's sl- she's she's Slavic, and yeah. uh, and and from from the from the area that is now Russia. 
Okay. Right. And there's a lot of talk in the film about how their worship is a lot more focused on like I could you could almost say like kind of a Mother Earth sort of aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what that you know the, I mean it, the imagery of like Mother Earth being connected to womanhood and childbirth is like you know it's on the nose there a bit, but I really liked that. There's this always sort of this presence of it with Anya Taylor Joy's character as a really good contrast to um, Alex uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character being like so fucking hell bent on revenge that he just at the point in the film spoilers on the spoiler cast hmm. like he finds out she's pregnant with twins and is like no I still have to go kill this guy yeah and it's like just just leave like. If we weren't in a movie theater, I would have just been screaming at him to leave with her and just forget the whole damn thing and live your life with your family. And what's interesting to me, too, with that is that what I, like in a movie which has some truly stunning battle scenes and um, set, mystic set pieces, one of my favorite little bits was actually um, this scene where it's essentially like a pagan fertility festival where people are taking part and dancing and then pairing up to go off and have consensual sex. And it's really beautiful and cute and uh, like, and sexy. And, uh, and that's also where Anya Taylor-Joy and Skarsgård like meet up and uh, end up like, you know, and and consummating their relationship. But what's fascinating to me is that, you know, like Anya Taylor-Joy, you know, when when you first see her character, um, it's, it's a part of this, like, big, sweeping thing of this raid where, you know, the berserkers come in, they burn a building full of children, they kill and enslave lots of folks, and now Terry Joy is, like, you know, like, she's taking bread basically as a sign of, like, mercy, and then she tries to stab someone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, she, uh, Skarsgård pretends to be a slave and goes and onto the boat bound for Iceland where his uncle who killed his father is there. And, like, he hides in with her. She knows what his deal is. And she basically follows along and serves to be as his conspirator. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is, is that I think it's very interesting how they keep it ambiguous about whether she gets into a romantic relationship with him and works with him because she genuinely does come to love him and appreciate him for, like, the acts of violence he does for her. Or whether she's doing this as a matter of survival and just like, I am a slave right now. Um, I'm amongst these Northmen. However, there's this like dude who can kill everyone who seems to, who likes me. So I'm just going to rope my horse to him and, um, and, it's also and just kind of a complete slave. unit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, I mean, that's also a factor in there too. Yeah. So, but I, I definitely think it's, and maybe it doesn't even necessarily matter or maybe it's column A or B. But to me, I thought it was kind of fascinating just the subject of, like, does she love him? Or is this whole thing an exercise and survival of a woman from a different culture trying to get through and who ends up being, like, outliving this guy? Yeah, that that's actually a really interesting thing to consider there, Vera. Because, like, I, I do believe firmly that there was something there, but you could totally interpret the whole thing as, like, She's doing this out of necessity. Mm-hmm. At least in the beginning, it feels like that. Yeah, because no. then you have the scene where they're where they're leaving, and he decides to go back. And if 
and she could at that point go, yes, go. Fulfill your destiny. Don't mind me. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. No, she begs him to stay, and it just broke my heart. Yeah. But the flip side of that is, again, and I think that there is definitely at that point a lot of more context clues for there being some feelings around there. But the flip side of it is if you really do want to be like, okay, you know, this is just, is that like, why on earth would she want um, the person, like, what's better than her her having like this talisman that she can take to his relatives to like, you know, make her accepted by this alien culture? Isn't it better to just have the unit there himself who could be like, yes, yeah, this real. Russian woman is is indeed with me and pregnant with my kids. My you give wife. Us pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife exactly it's like you're you're gonna be taken care of <laughs> uh and you know it's funny we haven't even got to the thing of like is fielder the uncle even the bad guy like the person that who uh who he takes revenge on is amla takes revenge on is you know a slaveholder and also, um, pro, uh, and also not above, at least attempting, and we assume previously, sexually assaulting his slaves. But on the flip side, he's also not someone, he's also someone who we don't see burn a whole, like, thing of kids. And who also seems to be an actual loving husband and loving father as well. Who is like, you know, he's not a total monster to everyone who works for him either. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I feel like... Other people probably saw it coming, but I really did not expect the twist where, um, where mommy was goes to his it. mother and she's like, "Oh, you thought I was being kidnapped? No, I was laughing because I was finally free from your shit heel of a dad. Yeah, like I was a slave that he raped. Like your dad fucking sucked." <laughs> well, so from a from a folklore slash storytelling slash mythological perspective we know his uncle is a bad guy because his kingdom fell failed so in if this were anything other than a modern retelling of the story you'd go oh yeah no his king that that would be the audience interpretation would be his kingdom failed because he was illegitimate and bad uh, but here's the flip side of it too, though, uh, which is also this. Well, is is that you know, in terms of other interpretations and such, you know, this guy, we're also dealing with a pre-Christian world, and yeah. you know, like from the perspective of the Irish Christian slaves, or really any kind of like the Christianizing wave, um, you know, like whether or not someone is like martially strong if they're not with God is, um, you know, is is, well, is not a thing. Well, but there but there's a line. Where, where uh, Armleth is asking about, wait, what happened to my uncle? And the guy's like, yeah, the fucking moron killed his brother and lost the kingdom in like two years and had to run away to Iceland. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. like within within this within this slaveholding raiding society. He's definitely, you know, like, a, he's definitely a failure. But again, within the, it's interesting when you're watching as a modern audience, it's like, you know, right. is this guy a good dude? No, but he seems a whole lot less brutal than everyone else and has like a degree of tender. And 
there's also a definite degree of, of tenderness towards his family, which at the end, um, Amleth is, has totally destroyed, including his half-brother yeah. and his mom. Yep. I, I, I was actually going to add to that. It's interesting you point that out too, Tristan, because, yes, in the eyes of this society, like he's a failure as a person and a leader, but like outside of the horrible shit that everybody has done, like like you said, Vera, he's a loving husband, loving father, bad at his job? Yeah. Yes. Does that make him a bad person? Well, the slaving. Not exactly. <laughs> but, like, again, that's a modern perspective. But it's yeah. also interesting that, like, other than the tenderness we see between the two main characters, like, and then, like, Amleth and his dad, like, a lot of the tenderness we see is with Fulnir and his wife and his two kids. Yep. And it just honestly makes it all the more jarring when the sons die even like the shitty one i felt bad when the shitty one died well even though he was a little shitter he was a little shitter by the way in terms of shocking things i did not see coming the whole nicole kidman incest with her uh, attempted incest with omleth in yeah, order to yeah, try was, to kill oh, him was oh, like was the fuck like that i was, was uncomfortable oh. i literally mouthed the fuck in the theater because like I was pretty desensitized. I was like, wait a second. Nicole Kidman's pulling this and Amleth's falling for it? Like, dude. dude this is your mom. Then, I don't care if it's Nicole Kidman. It's your ooh. mom. Honestly, the fact care. that that happens within the same scene as him, like, killing his younger half-brother. Oh, yeah. Who, like, you saw earlier him beating a man to death for trying to kill. Yeah. Well, because his younger half-brother... His younger half brother could should could have been cool about it. I got no problem with you, man. Okay, now you're on my back and you're stabbing me. Okay, okay. I was originally not going to add your body to the pile, but you are stabbing me, so now we have to do this. God damn it. Yeah. You should have told me you liked her. I would have been cool. Bros come after hoes. Jeez. Uh I I, I Tristan, how did you appreciate seeing your favorite sport on TV uh, in this movie? Oh yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, the uh, the game they play halfway through is just Irish hurling. It's full contact Irish hurling, but it is basically just hurling, which is the greatest fucking sport known to man. And if you haven't seen it or experienced it, you should go check it out because it's awesome. Tris, I, I really do think you need to start like now. Now, especially now that you're gonna have a regular schedule at the fruit store, you really should join a hurley league. I think you'd have a great time. Oh god, oh god, that's how I will die. Yeah, but then you'd be <laughs> like taken to the Irish version of Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the version of that is just oh, you fucking idiot! How did you wind up here? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like, like like Finn McCool is here, but of course he's here. He's a, for all of his wisdom, he's a goddamn idiot. <laughs> How many wives did you go through, Finn? I kept out living up. I don't care, Finn. Strong. Ah, <laughs> uh, and uh, there's there's Cullen. I mean, he was cool. But did he do a cool salmon leaf? <laughs> <laughs> salmon and knowledge, baby. Salmon and wisdom. I get really sad when. Uh, any of my FF14 friends talk about Kukulin in the context 
of the Final Fantasy series, and then I make a joke about the Salmon Leap, and they don't get it. They don't get it. it makes me big sad. Big uh, sad. Well, and, and Cacullin is also a frequent appearer, uh, makes frequent appearances in the Faith franchise, um, where his running joke is that he just keeps dying. Oh, wow. All the time. Hilarious. To the point where, to the point where basically, Lancer died! Is He's like the, sh- he's like the Yamcha of that series. Mm. And it's like, it. he, he's so much cooler than they give him any credit for, but it's just become a meme that he dies all the time. Yeah. No, I uh, think it's, yeah. I, 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 after, term, oh, sorry, go yeah, for anyone who doesn't know about the story of Kakulin, look that shit up because it's epic as fuck. It's he's essentially Dragon Ball Z written in before the time of Christianity. He, he's the original Super Saiyan, complete with spiky hair, and is basically Irish Hercules meets the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty great. It is very very great. Um, Maybe that'll be the next Robert Eggers movie. Oh God, I hope so. I mean, that would be pretty great. Uh, Why I don't... is there? Oh God. Why is there not an Ulster Cycle like TV series? Ooh. That would be pretty that would, sweet. That would be so cool. That would be very, very cool. Uh, and think of other cool stuff. Like I, again, there's a lot of just like small performances in this movie. They're just like choice. And uh, one of them that was like just Ethan Hawke in the beginning is just great. Oh yeah. yeah. Like he is a pretty. You, you see why, on the one hand, you 100% see why um, Alexander Skarsgård like, grows up to, to idolize him. I mean, he idolizes him as a child. You see that. And you see why he like, keeps that flame burning. And at the same time, when mom like, reveals, like, hey, you know, um, your dad was, a, was shit, you also be like, ah, with the information that you're saying, it also kind of checks out, too. Yeah, I mean, you can it's not a you surprise. can see the the hints of it in the beginning sequence where like he comes back and there's a little bit of sweetness for him, but as soon as he sees his son, he's like, "Okay, get out of the way, bitch." <laughs> the person Ooh. I actually care about is here. Well, uh, there's also that moment at the beginning where she's like, "Come to bed," and he's like, "No," and it's like, "Because I'm injured, woman. If I fuck you, I will probably die." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this movie seems like quite a trip. <laughs> it is a it trip is, and a half. It's amazing. <laughs> Better buckle your seatbelt, kid. You're going on a trip. And now that I've heard so much about it here in this this uh, podcast, it it really does feel like I've only seen the lighthouse, but it does seem in that vein of storytelling and movie making. Yeah, you thought the lighthouse was weird, man. Yeah. Shit gets real, real weird. So, uh, so I think the lighthouse still might be the weirdest of his movies. It's. I think it's the most... I think Lighthouse is the most ambiguous or open to interpretation. Yeah. Um, okay, here, I want to put this forward. I want to put this forward. How badly do you want Robert Eggers to collab on the next Dune movie? I feel like Villeneuve has that. I feel like that's his yeah. No, I. I, But Dune is such a is such a mind space like trippy book that I think it'd be cool if Eggers came on to do like 
like a vision sequence or something for Paul. I don't know. I, I like him doing his own fucking weird ass thing. I think Dune is in really good hands and doesn't need more cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Robert Eggers' stuff always feels, uh, this is a weird word, but his stuff feels very earthy to me. I don't know if yes. that makes sense to everybody. Yeah. Very earthy. <laughs> Gritty. No, I think that makes yeah. total earthy. sense. Yeah. And I want to see him continue to do earthy films. Yeah. I mean, just let him do the weird folklore shit. It's right. so fucking mm-hmm. good. Right. Yeah, I, there's plenty of folklore out there. Yeah, I, I am curious. I mean, I just think that whatever project he chooses, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I mean, honestly, okay, this is this is going to sound a little crazy, but hear me out here. Uh, I would love him to do something from the Bible, like. That would whip ass. Just oh, like man. give me the David story. Give, give me the full David story, Robert Eggers style. Like give give me freaking uh give 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 me Jacob becomes Israel. Frick heck, we we've had the Exodus done before, but let do it do it up, Mister Eggers, do it up. Um, or, uh, or how about Samson? Ooh, Samson and Delilah is a fascinating thing too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, hey, yeah, that's... Oh, man. I feel like that'd be right in his wheelhouse when it comes to, like, exploring, like, masculinity. Mm-hmm. In his, like, ugh. I love how... Bear, was it you who brought up the, like, interview where he was, like, basically, like, I didn't realize I was doing social commentary. I thought I was just making a movie. <laughs> oh, no, I, that, that wasn't like, me, but that sounds like something that he would say. I, I, I could be paraphrasing something someone said, but it's like, Man, how do you? It might have been my friend Alex. Like, man, how do you? How do you not like? Like, look at the witch. The witch has so much say to say about like, what, like, girlhood and puberty and like becoming yourself and like fighting back against like a patriarchal society. And like, you could look at the Northman and be like, ah, yes, toxic masculinity, the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Yes. I see what you're going for there. Or yeah. like the lighthouse, ah, toxic masculinity and gaslighting the movie. I mean, the, the lighthouse is just gaslighting the movie. And it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a, it's a question of like who's ga- whether he's crazy or whether he's being gaslit. Um, yes, exactly. I, I choose to go with more with the more of the he's pretty that he's nutter butters, but it's just like it's fascinating. Also, the different interpretations people have as movies. Like, I 100 get and respect and feel like the feminist interpretation for the witch is very much there. It's just like ever since I've seen, it, I've always just like latched onto this is a Calvinist horror movie, and this is a movie about how horrifying it is about what it's like to have no agency whatsoever because I mean, that's the way the be universe both. works. Yeah. Oh no, and I think it can totally be both. I think those the fact that those interpretations equally work, and also the fact that um that they're just tripping out on Urgot also very much works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's others too. I mean, it's just like it's it's it, it he's a he's a fantastic filmmaker in that like he very much shows and then doesn't tell you how to think about it. Yeah, he's just like oh, here's the info, make of it what you will, and I really love that about his work. Yeah, uh, there is one thing that for me was um, and again, I still think it's excellent, and I think there's also a good dramaturgical dramaturgical choice in order to uh you know because you know like he looks beautiful and there's something to be said for just like you know sheer cinematic spectacle but for a movie that was like very accurate towards everything 
on how um, uh, of just you know, just like basically all that material culture was totally accurate. It was a little interesting that like you know Alexander Skarsgård had the body of like someone who is like a bodybuilder in modern day and not what I he did not have a fighter's body and certainly I don't think the body of what someone would look like when they were an actual Viking, um, which you know is fine. But at the same time, it's just like I I take issue with abs in the past <laughs> like to that degree. <laughs> It I sound like I'm player hating, but it's just like Yes, yes, darling. You you are confirming I'm player hating. <laughs> but yeah, this is that. <laughs> I'll say <laughs> Alright. Any other thoughts on the Northmen? Uh they if they were going to uh if they were going to Iceland they would have stopped in Ire. They would have stopped in at Dublin. Is what they would have done. It's weird that they were like, "No, nah, we're just doing a twenty-day trip straight there." Like, really, really? You're not you're not going to stop off at basically the last like hospitable Western point that is a known like Viking hangout. Mm-hmm. Nope. Apparently, Apparently. not. Because, uh, yeah, because the Celts and the Norse actually got along about as well as anyone got along with the Norse. Well, I mean, they, they were colonized by them, but, but yeah, no, it's, uh, they certainly ate, uh, I don't necessarily know if they got it, got it worse than anyone else. <laughs> Well, so it sounds like everybody recommends the movie. Oh yeah, very much so. Go and you could rent it too. Um, it's on video twenty bucks to rent. That hurt. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's like going to see a movie. What, what, like what is it rentable on? Uh, it's rentable on iTunes, on oh, like uh, okay. Amazon, and there's one other platform. I forget which one, but it's like twenty bucks on all of them. Right. Alrighty, right now. But I mean that that would to, to to your point, unless you're hitting a bad at A, that's definitely going to be like the cost or close to the cost of you going with your partner, and yeah. certainly going to be the cost of or less the cost of you're getting your popcorn and your and your sodies and such or or beer. Any any other so for you? So one yeah. thing this is not about uh, not about the north the Northmen. Uh, but one thing I would like to recommend, considering we were talking about um, folklore and dark, gritty themes and weirdness and all. Um, so I have recently been listening to a uh, horror anthology podcast that I'd like to recommend to all of you listeners and you guys here uh, called The Old Gods of Appalachia. Okay. And it is basically... Um, sort of the the Tennessee West Virginia um, wilds at, mixed with American folklore mixed with Lovecraftian horror. Nice. Cool. Um, it is also I, I was a little worried um, because it is from that area, um, but then it was like 
But then I was like, oh, okay, no, they're going to take the point of, and that's when the good Christian folks came in and then fucked everything up because they're idiots and didn't respect the woods. And the woods ate them. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 Pilgrims. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, um, the first the first season is a little rough, um, because it's basically just the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting in season two, they start expanding the voice cast, which makes things easier to get through. Um, and they even get Yuri Lowenthal to voice a recurring villain. For those of you who don't I like know. You. Yuri Lowenthal is one of those voice actors who's in everything. Well, there's only like five voice actors. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's Yuri Lowenthal, Nolan North, and um. Oh God. Um. It's Yuri Lowenthal, Nolan North, and like Matt Mercer, who are basically in everything. That's voice wasn't actors. Matt Mercer the one that went to bat about NFTs earlier, or was that Troy Baker? I think that was Troy Baker. Sorry, just a tangent. Let me, but it's like... let, let, let me see who sold out. Yeah. Continue. Um, but it is... Uh, there are three seasons thus far. I've just about finished the second season. Um, and I actually found out about it, weirdly enough, third-hand. Uh... So there's this Australian company called Campaign Coins. And what they do is they mint, like, fake currency for LARPing, for props, for, uh, like, role-playing games, what have you. Uh, And I really love the card game The Red Dragon Inn. And they did a whole metal coin set for that game, which I bought because it's great. And so, as part of that, I am subscribed to their newsletter. Their newsletter told me that, hey, we've just been tapped to do, like, a whole bunch of, like, company script for this Kickstarter for the old Gods of Appalachia tabletop role-playing system. And I'm like, well, okay, let me give this a look. And so I'm looking over the Kickstarter. I'm like, huh, okay, this is kind of my aesthetic. All right, all right, let me, oh, there's a, it's, it's based on a podcast? Okay, well, here, let me give it a listen. 30 minutes later, I am backing that Kickstarter at the highest tier. (laughs) So, very, very strongly recommended for anyone who's into uh, podcasts, horror, and more particularly sort of Lovecraftian horror mixed with American folklore and mysticism. So, uh, by the way, I looked in to see if the NFT thing was slander against Mr. Mercer. And uh, Tom Ward at The Verge on January 20th said, Twitter has launched NFT profile pictures. They're hexagon shaped. To which Matt Mercer replied, thanks, I hate it. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you, I Matt. just remember there was some voice actor recently, like, basically advertising for, like, NFTs that would, like, think Fiverr, but it's, like, a computer program. And not the actual voice actor. So it's basically there's a Nintendo Life article that says Troy Baker admits NFT announcement was a bit antagonistic. Oh, that's who it was. <laughs> it was a bit antagonistic. It was extremely antagonistic. 
So yes, Matt Mercer, noted celebrity DM. It did not get looped in. Uh, okay. Also, um, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, apparently, and I need to read the whole article on it, but apparently like the guy who played the main character in the OC has taken it upon himself to like campaign against NFTs. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, For it's a ridiculous you... image, but like, Good on you, boy. <laughs> For all of you listening at home, NFTs are a scam. What is it a scam is that you, that's right, you, the listener at home, can, through the miracle of the blockchain, own actual episodes of the spoiler cast. No. God damn it, Chris. Even as a joke, that's not cool. I hate it. If, like, for some reason we got into NFTs, I would quit. <laughs> you can't there, are, there are two things in this world <laughs> that would cause me to put on a pair of cement shoes and walk into the ocean. <laughs> the first is if I got COVID and lost my sense of taste and smell. You because I ain't going through this chicken shit existence <laughs> unable to taste good food. Mm-hmm. And the second is if we got involved with NFTs. <laughs> By the way, speaking of good things happening in the world, though, uh, you NFTs are that... failing and crashing. The market's going bye bye. Oh all yeah, right. no, um, uh, my it's see, uh, the my only regret is is that um, uh, I didn't sell my eighty eight dollars of Dogecoin for a thousand before uh, before Elon went on at Saturday Night Live. I can't believe that fucking guy was allowed to be on Saturday Night Live. Right? Fuck that I guy. I can't believe oh. that guy is allowed to be that guy. <laughs> it's true. Accurate. Um, but the good thing is is that uh, Raven Software's testers successfully unionized. Um, yes, they did. Yay. That was yes, fantastic. And a Finally, well, some good fucking gaming news. Yeah, a well-deserved thing in the gaming sector. And Finally, some my good God. fucking food. Exactly. Exactly. So... And and Very Raven particularly, that. particularly Raven, uh, because for anyone who may be too young to know, people like like Barra and Dan and I grew up in the era uh, where Raven were famous for making amazing fucking FPS games with other people's game engines. Oh my God, Raven has made some of the best fucking games. And have pu- and in the '90s pushed game engines to their limit, and seeing them basically relegated to working in the fucking Call of Duty mines for the last like 12 years has been a slow, horrible, agonizing process. I really hope that if the Microsoft does actually buy Activision, that they actually get Raven to do stuff on their own again. The Call of Duty Mines is a really brutal way of po- br- brutal way of, uh, of putting that. <laughs> yep. Jeez. I think he has a Black Ops lung pop. <coughs> and I tied it back to Zoolander. I was just, oh, just going to say that, actually. Oh, my God. Awesome. Wow. Wow. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure once once more. No, Daniel. Thank you. Thank Thank three. Thank all of you who keep listening, even though there are many times long gaps between our episodes. But there's not going to be some long gaps between the next few ones, I do believe. I think uh, shit's about to go down, and uh, stay tuned.
We're it's... also getting close to our hundredth episode. Oh shit! We are. It's happening. And we got to plan something fun around that. We do. We will. Yes. Allie, is there anything you'd like to promote before we take off? Well, get your vaccines, and if you go outside, don't forget to wear sunscreen because it's almost summer. Mm-hmm. That is what I would promote. Bear, is there anything else you'd like to promote? Uh, subscribe to your local newspaper and join a union. Both of these things made your grandparents a lot happier than you are, and uh, it's time for you to get in on that greatest generation wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan, is there anything you'd like to promote? Oh, I've talked about Old Gods of Appalachia. We're still doing all our own other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, hey, if you're new to us, you know what you should do? You should go back and start listening to our older episodes. You sure should, and you can find all of it at our website, spoilermedia.net, slash spoilercast, or just spoilermedia.net, and it's right on the front page. The podcast is also available on any of those streaming podcast services, iTunes or whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts now, and Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify, and Stitcher, and all those. Yep. All those. Or if you want to be really bossed, you can just subscribe to the RSS feed. Yeah, our RSS feed works now, so you can subscribe to that. Um, and check out uh, some of the some of our folks who stream. Uh, Information is also on the front page of SpoilerMedia.net. Until next time, it's been fun, y'all. Goodbye. Go to Valhalla. Okay. To Valhalla. Go to Valhalla. Skull. Hoorah.